Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, if you're a fan of golf at all this week, you've got to be dialed in to the match. Uh, Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. I know it's not a major. I know it's not a big tournament at all. This is a silly season. Total exhibition, 12-hole match down there in Las Vegas. But it will be cool to see, interesting to see, what develops on the course with these guys. Because as they say, there's still a disdain for each other um, between the two of them, as they mentioned. And there's uh, there's just a lot of seeming animosity between the two. What did Brooks call it? That their relationship this week, he said, is non-existent. We saw what they did at the Ryder Cup. We saw the hug, which Xander and some of the other guys had, uh, you know, forced on them, right? As he suggested they do at the end of their presser there on the Sunday night. But it wasn't their idea. Uh, let's just remember that. So I don't know that that hug means really anything as we go to this week and what we got going on with the match between these two, uh, Brooks and Bryson. So for this week, I wanted to visit a couple of interviews I had, short interviews. These are not long form. This is not like a Zoom call I've done with a lot of these players in the past for for the podcast here. This is just a, revisiting the archive, right? So a couple short minute, uh, maybe two, three minute interviews with Brooks that I've done over the years. And actually, you know, Brooks has been pretty approachable overall. I would say, I think the first time I approached him was 2015 at Doral, right? Remember the WGC used to be there at Trump National at Doral. And he was great. And it was a year of the Open Championship we talked about, St. Andrews. He's been pretty approachable every time I've, you know, gone up to him. Now, listen, I'm not asking for 10 minutes. I'm not asking for 15 minutes. It's always five minutes here and there. Now, what I want to bring up with this topic, we're going to get into what can we learn from pros and their warm-up. This is something we can all relate to, right? So we get into that with him. But the other thing, too, is is what does he see from us? How can we get more distance? What are some tips right now for us to get more distance? It sounds cheesy. You probably read it a million times in Golf Digest, but this is directly from the horse's mouth. This is Brooks. Being Brooks, okay? He's got some funny short answers, but you know what? This guy's got four majors. He's done a ton in the game, and we've seen he's become a Ryder Cup star uh, recently as well there, playing really well at Whistling Straits. And and, uh, before we get to this, there is a Ryder Cup story there. Uh, 2016 was his first Ryder Cup as a player. It's, It's very easy to remember how, or to forget, I should say, how easily he was looked over uh, by the captains of the President's Cup team, 2015. Remember, Jay Haas picked the feel-good story. He picked his son, Bill Haas, as that final pick. Brooks was overlooked in that case. And one thing I mentioned in interviews with his caddy, Ricky Elliott, he was a very just fun, gregarious guy. Ricky had said that in 2016, he was overlooked in 2015 for the U.S. President's Cup team, but in 2016 at the Ryder Cup, it was his first time there. He was not in the morning matches first off, right? He wasn't part of the, those first four groups going off, and he was frustrated. He's, I think he was sleeping in from what it sounded like. He didn't want to go to the first tee. He didn't understand the importance of the first tee. Now, remember, his caddy, Ricky Elliott, from Northern Ireland, from Port Rush, he had gone all the way to 2008. He saw his good buddy, Graham McDowell, play and the Ryder Cup, his first Ryder Cup, and 
Ricky knew absolutely how important it was to get his guy out of bed and onto that first tee. And he's experienced the first tee of a Ryder Cup. And there they went. They went off, and, and it was a cool moment, obviously, for Brooks. He was glad he went. And I just think it was just a cool little story there to show you. Just kind of get him fired up for the Ryder Cup. Now he's become a force, as we've seen in 2021 at Whistling Straits. So let's get to it here. And before we do, I want to talk to you about Encore Golf. they got a Black Friday special. Now is the time to make the switch. Become a better golfer by two dozen and get a dozen free. You can stock up on their Avant 55, Elixir, and Vero X1s for your 2022 golf season. They're award-winning golf balls. You just became a better golfer if you give them a shot. Encore Golf provides premium, high-performance golf balls for all skill levels using cutting-edge golf technology. Discover how we can help you level up your game. That's EncoreGolf.com. If you use my promo code B, the letter B, Clubhouse, you get 10% as well on any online order with Encore Golf. And just one reminder, this will be on GolfMonthly.com. We'll write a story on Brooks's warm-up routine, what he does before a round. Uh, that'll be on their website this week, of course, going into the match and what we have so much to talk about there. So you'll see it on their website. Hope you guys enjoy. Brooks Kepka. All right, let's get to it. Brooks Kepka. this is during the BMW Championship during the playoffs back in August. And this was a, was a Wednesday on the range as he was arriving to the course, walking to the range. We just had a short little walk and talk. Three minutes in Baltimore, Maryland with Brooks Kepka. In that initial putting, sorry, in that initial putting, what tends to be kind of what you're looking for as you're rolling the ball and kind of getting warmed up? Get warmed up, just get a sense of the speed. That's it. It's nothing, it's way simpler than you think. Just make sure the speed's right, everything's good. And then from there, go. Do you start with shorter putts, longer putts? Like what tends to be the best just way to get that speed? Whatever I feel. It's, it depends what it is. Just drop balls down wherever, from wherever, roll a few, the speed's good. Then you check it off and you're gone. And then that next step, like I said, after you start with putting. Um, you said range next, right? Yeah, go ahead, boss. What are you kind of looking at there? How do you like to go through your bag, and how much time do you like to spend typically? I have no. I just make. I know that driver is about 25 minutes before I go tee off. That's you know when I'm done with driver, it's about 25 minutes. But other than that, just work my way up. Do the same clubs every time. Sandwich, nine iron, seven, five, three, driver, and then work back down. Are you trying to hit shots specifically for that course, or is it more? a warm-up for the body, you know what I mean? Like, or is it a combination no, sometimes? No, it doesn't, it doesn't ready. matter. You can hit it like shit on the range and play great. It doesn't matter. It's just making sure you're I'm already loose by the time I get there. But just to kind of get a feel, get a rhythm. Yeah. And what about as you get to, like, Augusta Nationals? Sorry, guys, not it's signing so, this way. It's so unique over there at Augusta, right, the way they have things set up. What is that like as it matches up to your warm-up? Sorry, what were you saying? Augusta Nationals are obviously a own world right yeah. when they have their warm-up uh, area but w what is that like for you as you as you play there is it easier to visualize or how does that match up to to you getting warmed up it's just a range doesn't matter there's balls and just go hit them and hit them at targets or hit them wherever you're trying to hit them it doesn't matter where it is it's this range augusta it's all the same it's all a warm-up bunker shots what do you t try to usually try to take away from that as you're as you're warming up too i know that obviously augusta's bunkers are they have the same sand and mm -hmm. some of those uniqueness things, right? Uh, same thing, just hit, get a feel for it, get a feel, make sure I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do right. It's, it's very simple, it's not complicated. Yeah. Anything outside of the, um, the alignment rod, alignment stick you like to use? I don't use even to help? use an alignment stick. There you go. So it's just all get out there and go. Yeah. It's, it's very easy. 
and people try to overcomplicate it. And as you leave your, your warm-up and get ready to go to the first tee, what what kind of thought do you want to have and the takeaway? I know you want to keep it simple, right? But yeah. what kind of confidence do you want that to take you to the first the tee? The range warm-up has nothing to do with your confidence going to the first tee. If it does, you shouldn't be playing this game. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure everybody's had a perfect warm-up and played like shit and vice versa. So <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter what, uh, what the warm-up is or anything like that. It's all the warm-up is is just to make sure you have a feel. And that's it. That's all it is. Yeah. Doesn't get too complicated then. Nope. Last Pretty thing. Easy. Last thing for, for players who shoot in the 80s, you know, and, and they, like you said, they often overthink, right? We, we mm -hmm. kind of overthink yeah. things. What can we do better in the 20 minutes we have before a round as we get to the range? Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with the range stuff. It has to do with the amount of practice and short game. Nobody, uh, short game. If you shoot in the 80s, your short game isn't good enough. Simple. You don't make enough putts. You don't make. You don't hit enough chips close enough. And think about it, if you chipped it three feet closer every time, you'd be all right. That's all it is. Yeah. Appreciate so, you. Yep. You, like, you like the Lakers' chances this year with all those vets? Yeah, that'd be interesting. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see. Sometimes you get these teams too stacked. They don't have anybody on the bench because if one of these guys gets hurt, you never know. But there's still a strength in numbers, though, too, man. Know what I mean, like, these are no yeah, slouches. Yeah, but when you sign Westbrook for all that money, LeBron, AD, and uh, Carmelo, I know Carmelo's not on much, but still. When those guys gets hurt, you're paying them a lot of money. Yeah. All right, so I had to finish there on some Lakers conversation. He loves his Lakers and LeBron. I'm just curious to think what he thought of this new team that they've assembled. Um, let's get to this next interview. This was in Northern California, so the other coast. It was at Pebble Beach in 2016. Now, remember, at this time, he had only won the Phoenix Open. He had never won a major at this point, and so he was on the range warming up. I think we were going, walking from the range to the putting green, so we had about two or three minutes here as well. Just short and sweet. We're talking about how can us amateurs, how can we improve right now with our game? What are some practical things we can do for distance and you name it? So Brooks gets to that, and uh, here it is. The mistakes that we fall into that uh, as amateurs with, with the driver when we try to get distance, you know, with the goal being longer drives. Yeah, I mean, everybody tries to swing too hard and they end up missing the sweet spot. I mean, that's the big thing. If you can hit all the sweet spots, it's going to go far. Um, most hams just try to swing too hard and swing isn't consistent enough and they don't they don't hit the sweet spot. Is that is that something that can be worked out by just primarily tempo and just slowing it down? Yeah, I mean, if you, have, if you have good tempo, you're going to, you know, your swing, if it's repeatable, you'll hit it out of the same spot pretty much most of the time. And if you can do that, whether it be you know a little high in the face, a little low, whatever your preference might be, I mean that's fine. For for your preference though, is it more of a high or low on the face, or high, high I'd rather just just off, just above center on the face. I'd rather hit, I like to hit a little high off the face. And so that's gonna be more of a higher boring flight, or, or how does yeah, that it play out? Yeah, it kind of depends on how you hit it. If you hit down on it, you come really steep on it. I mean it's obviously gonna go low, but even if you hit it high off the face. But you gotta your attack angle needs to be if it's zero, it'll come out high. Um, hmm. Things like that. But there's so much that goes into it. How much down you hit on it, how much up you hit into it. Yeah. Well, what's another mistake we run into? Do we have balance issues? Or do we? Uh, yeah, do I we mean, don't, not coil correctly. Or? No, I mean most amateurs when they try to hit it far, they just swing too hard. They're off balance. I mean, you gotta be able to keep your balance. If you can keep your balance and and keep your rhythm. You're gonna hit it out of the sweet spot. It's all the same. Yeah. 
And, and I've seen, well, watching your finish a lot, do you go 90-10 in terms of weight distribution percentage-wise? Like on, like on a left setup? Foot, right? Well, yeah. Um, or when you finish. When you finish through, after you've delivered. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much weight on the back foot. Um, I wouldn't even know. Uh, yeah, I guess 90-10 is pretty, pretty accurate. I mean, all your weight's on your left side. Your right foot's just kind of holding you up. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Hey, appreciate yeah. it. Thanks. See you down the road. Yeah. Thanks. Cheers. All right, short and sweet stuff there with Brooks Kapka. Hope you guys learned something from it, though. That's the goal here. I'm not trying to, to, to present that, hey, I got this 30 minutes with Brooks Kapka to sit down as we go into the match. No, this is not what this was. This was just more, let's look into the vault. Let's see if there's something practical we can learn from a guy who's in the headlines this week in Brooks Kapka. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we'll talk again soon here on Beyond the Clubhouse.